We are the robots. Do, 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 do. We are the robots. Do, 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 do. Wait, actually, we're the podcast. Greetings, fellow human beings. I'm Tom, otherwise known as Mr. T of a couple of putts. My wife and I build, design, play, mini golf across the planet. You can find our work and all of our play adventures over at a couple of putts.com and on social media at Couple Putts. And I'm Pat, the Putting Penguin. I'm a competitive mini golfer, and along with my friend Mandy, I've run the Putting Penguin website and social media outlets for the past 20 years. We not only review mini golf courses, but we share our love of the sport by highlighting how versatile it is for entertainment and education. The podcast is going to meander its way through a variety of mini golf and mini golf related topics in between talking about our favorite competitive putting show on television. Holy moly. Be sure to like and follow us on social media, subscribe to us on Apple or your favorite podcasting service. Be sure to give us a hole-in-one rating. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, or maybe you haven't, we've talked about one-shot golf for the last couple of months since it started up in January of 2021. And we really have been fascinated by it and got hooked right away. We've picked up some tokens, we've been playing three free games every day, and we had talked about getting One Shot Golf on as a sponsor, and they've given us some things to give away and other things that we'll talk about. But what we wanted to do was bring some of the creators of the game on the podcast to talk about it. And we just recorded with them and had a great conversation that you're going to listen to shortly. The one thing that we didn't do in our conversation was actually tell you what One Shot Golf is and made some huge assumptions. So just to clarify, One Shot Golf is an app-based mini golf game that has a series of themed courses that you can play where you control a robot that is the putter with a real ball on all sorts of fun themed courses. We can tell you in great detail because Pat and I have played them a bunch of all of the themes and a bunch of the holes, but they fit in line with your common themes of mini golf courses. And we really want you to explore it. So go check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, You should probably check it out before the interview because a lot of it will make even more sense and be even more fun. So before we get into that chat with the One Shot guys, we wanted to share a little news from the world of mini golf. So for me, while there's always a lot of local tournaments going on, I wanted to highlight a couple that are literally half a world away from each other that happened the past couple of weeks. Up in Maine, Kyle Lebrecht took a win at the first spring fling tournament at Tabers in Auburn, a course that's now hosting at least two and potentially three tournaments every year. Then we head back to our favorite down under, where good friend and top trick shot putter Alan Cox recently won Brisbane's Best Putter event, which was an event hosted by Holy Moly Australia's own King Henry from Episode 7. As we've mentioned in the past, the Putt Shack mini golf style courses are going to be coming over to the United States and making a big splash. The Atlantic course is already opened, and we just got news that the Chicago course for Putt Shack is going to be opening up this fall. Can't wait to play it and making plans to go play it already from Minneapolis. On top of that, a couple of putts is going to be working with the Seattle Art Museum, with their artist-designed mini golf course that will be open in mid-August. We'll share more about it, but it's going to be a cool course themed around the Seattle area designed by a series of different artists and architects. I mentioned this last podcast, but we are also, as a couple of putts, doing a call for proposals for Dreamland Mini Golf down in Dripping Springs, Texas. 
submit your ideas. We'd love to have them. And to close, I really wanted to give a big thumbs up and appreciation for a new mini golf organization in Minnesota called Puttcraft that's been organizing these tournaments. They had an event last night at the Lynx at Dred Scott, and it was a blast. Robin and I got to play mini golf with a bunch of people we've never seen come out and play mini golf in previous tournaments or just around, and we're excited to go back out and play on June 3rd at Lilliput. Hope you can join and just go check out puttcraft.com. We want to welcome Tim and Barrett from One Shot Golf to the podcast, and we just want to start with both of you, if you want to start with it, Tim, with who you are and what you do at One Shot Golf. Yeah, you bet. So I'm Tim Borgaris, and I was one of the uh, co-founders of One Shot Golf. Uh, I'm a tech nerd, so I'm also one of the technical guys on the project. I'm a, I'm a super, super big geek nerd guy, and uh, I, uh, I started with a big software background, and I fell into the world of hardware as well. So uh, I've done lots of the done lots of the code that goes behind running the robots and the app for One Shot Golf, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what we do here. So we got. We got all our robots going with all our putters going. And uh, I, I do lots of the technical work as well as uh, a bunch of the other people on our team here. Nice. And how about you, Barrett? Tell us about uh, your uh, connection with One Shot Golf. Yes, yes. So I'm Barrett Demery. I'm the course designer. Uh, I basically build the courses right from scratch, like from sketch designs to designing them in our AutoCAD-like software. Uh, to the fabrication, to assembly, uh, and even helping out build and install the robotics on the courses as well. So it's really right from uh, pencil and paper, scaling all the way up to we have a full putting course. And uh, my background doesn't directly uh, relate to mini golf. Uh, I worked at an oil refinery for 11 years. So I have construction experience uh, working with a lot of very heavy industrial equipment. Uh, so I have that hands-on skill and on the side, I do designs and I guess basically, uh, I was introduced, uh, through an acquaintance to Dustin and I had uh, a bunch of design concepts for mini golf and he really was fascinated, interested with them. And he's like, well, we're planning to go big. I'm like, well, like how big, like, are you making like 20 or 30 of these things? He's like, we're talking a full warehouse. And he told me, uh, when I brought my designs in. He said, do you think you could come up with uh, like 80 or maybe a couple hundred? (laughs) And I said, why stop there? I'll just keep coming up with more ideas. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we have one shot golf. And correct me if I'm wrong, it was just after the beginning of 2021 in January that you all launched and went live? Yeah, so we launched uh, mid-January, uh, just came out the door just a little slowly, soft launch, and then started hitting things off uh, sometime in February. And uh, But the, the history of the project is we've been working on it for about two and a half years now through the R&D phase and getting everything together. And Yeah, so we're, we're, we're new to the world, but been working on it for a long time. Obvious question that we have to ask having a mini golf podcast is your tech and design guys, like why mini golf over baseball or hockey, especially being in Canada? Why why mini golf? Yeah, you know, there's there's a couple a couple of reasons that I think we went with mini golf. One of them is, you know, golf is just one of those things you can really get behind. And there's such a passionate group of people out there who love golf and mini golf. And uh, 
and, and we and we really we really love that you know it's uh it, it's it's a niche but it's a big niche and the audience for it the group of people in it are just so awesome and amazing that's that's something that we just wanted to be a part of um the other half of it is you know we're up here in canada where it's you know cold for half the winter and uh well half the year rather and it's it's freezing cold everywhere you can't go outside and what the heck do you want to do more in the winter than just go out and play around a golf right that makes sense we're myself and my wife are based in minneapolis which we like to think of as a little bit of like canada's south so we definitely know the the very very frigid winters so what is like the, the like design inspiration for the course barrett like what what were, what were the things that you were looking at and thinking about when you came up with some of the designs? Uh, a lot of it early on, uh, when I was first brought on and coming up with design concepts, was just trying to make cool shots. And maybe shots you can't normally have out in the mini golf world. Like, oh, can we make something work with hydraulics or like a pump that brings something to the side or catapults it up? Because uh, of a lot of our robotics, you wouldn't actually want to be on the course as stuff like metal is moving. Uh, so we get away with doing some more very interesting concepts that way. So a lot of it just started with kind of like some core ideas on mechanics and trying to make stuff that wowed people, trying to make stuff that was fun and would really pull people in. And then uh, early on, it was always the plan to have different themes. So we kind of brainstormed and talked about what would be some really cool themes to bring to life. So some obvious stuff, like some Western, some like water world stuff, and then kind of branched out from there. And so we had a core set of themes and then we tried to incorporate a lot of these early uh, mechanic designs into the themes. And then it kind of snowballs from there too, because what happens is you mention one idea to someone and they say, well, this, you know, it's kind of a circus thing, this food at circus. And next thing you know, you have a fully robotic rotating corn dog. Like it just, some of these ideas, they just spiral out of control in a good way. And you think that it's going to be impossible to make, but then you get enough people talking and they put all the brains together and then we end up actually making some of these crazy concepts work. And I think that's part of what makes some of these designs so special. Uh, for people playing our app. Now that, that does lead me to one of the questions I have. And we talked a little bit, you know, before we went live here of uh, Holy Moly. And, you know, they actually had some rotating corn dogs in one of their seasons too. But you mentioned, you know, you may not want to be on the course with hydraulics and stuff. But if you guys, of your current courses that you had, if you had unlimited budget and we said, yes, you could actually go out and make this in real life, which one of your courses would you want to do that with first? That's a great question. We've never really <laughs> talked about unlimited budget. We're we're pretty much always keeping things in the perspective of camera, but that's a that's a we're, good we're idea. Big thinkers here. <laughs> uh, I, like if, if it was me personally, I would like to see uh, some of the fanfare through the roof. I'm talking. We have palm trees. We have pyramids. Uh, we even have maybe like a volcano, and it's got real flames coming out of the back. Like I'm talking like really immersed people. And like getting far more perspective in and like I have some early design concepts that involve putting from multiple spots and the camera goes to different locations or you can watch it zip along as you maybe go around the corner on a course. Like I have a lot of ideas that space constraints is one of our biggest, <laughs> biggest constraints that we're currently experiencing. So 
if we had more space and an unlimited budget, I would say just go big, more more movie style, right? Get some more way big moving parts, like a giant dinosaur coming down. I like the whole kind of tropical adventure theme, Indiana Jones stuff with like a big rolling ball, all sorts of like crazy stuff like that. So just going bigger, I guess. So Tim, uh, when does the budget allow for fire? <laughs> I have been a big supporter of fire from day one. <laughs> I like, I'm not much for like Barrett is the course design brands here. Don't get me wrong. But the one idea that I've been pushing the whole time is I just want a wall of flames that we're shooting balls through. Like that's, that's my number one. We, we might have like a few regulatory concerns with that inside the warehouse or something. I don't know. But yeah, big fire fan. You might get a Eli like filing a workers comp uh, thing up there. I don't know if that's like a, a uniquely American thing, but I imagine it's it's not okay to light people on staff on fire in Canada as well. So yeah, it so, might yeah. be a little tricky. Um, so so going so going back to kind of like the inspiration and mini golf. Were there any? Well, I guess first would be like for both of you. Do you have like particular memories or favorite mini golf courses that stick out to you? I'll have you go first, Barrett. So do you mean like ones that we played on in the past? Yeah, ones you played in the past, grew up with. So I guess uh, like my girlfriend and I are big campers. We hit every single provincial, regional park, even the private parks. And a lot of them have mini golf courses. They're everywhere. Most are subpar. <laughs> so whenever we find a good one, it's pretty good. Uh, so the bar is set pretty low for myself. I do have some memories of when I uh, was a young lad and in BC, we used to go visit family out there. Uh, there was Flintstones land. I can't even remember what it was called. This park must have shut down uh, huh. in the mid nineties and they had uh, an awesome Flintstones themed uh, mini golf course. So that's the one that really sticks out in my mind. There was water and everything was Flintstone themed and dinosaurs. I thought that was pretty great. So that's, probably the best experience I've had. Everything else has been uh, not quite as good. <laughs> Actually, uh, I can't remember. If, uh, Pat was the one who mentioned it. Uh, uh, whoever said that they early on uh, going with their girlfriend at the time to mini golf. Actually, my first uh, date uh, with my current girlfriend, uh, this was almost seven years ago. Uh, she's like, oh, do you want to go do something? I'm like, oh my God, this is a date. All right, it's happening. Uh, I only have one, one card, one trick. And that was uh, the local mini golf place uh, here in Regina. So, and they had a really good course, actually. It was indoors, uh, 18 holes, uh, a lot of contours and everything. Like, it was a pretty well put together place. And you could go for a few bevies afterwards because they were licensed. And wouldn't you know it, if that was the week they closed down. So I had no backup plan. <laughs> I showed up. There was this notice of closure on the building. And I went, well, I'm a one-trick pony. That's all I have. So I don't even remember what we ended up doing. I think we just went and played beer pong at a house party. But <laughs> I did not expect it going that way at all. That was a good turn. <laughs> How about you, Tim? Were there were there any particular memories where the where the date or the experience had actually landed? <laughs> Wow. Uh, you know, Barrett, you just blew my mind with that Flintstones thing. Cause I remember that I went there, but I forgot that was a thing and that was amazing. So yeah, that one, that just blew my mind. I, that was <laughs> total throwback. Um, 
Uh, you know, it, it's it's funny. Uh, I, I know the mini golf course that Barrett's talking about for his first date there. You know, it's a pretty good course, but we've had a sad stretch of uh, too many mini golf places around here shutting down. So uh, another good reason to do one shot golf here. But um, it, it, I do have one very vivid mini golf memory. And I had a lot of the same thing where I went around to campgrounds and different places on vacation and just hit all the different mini golf courses along the way. Uh, but there was one in particular where I was uh, out with some friends and I just made a, a great shot on a course. I think it was a loop-de-loop -loop one, this particular one, but it's outdoors and there are rocks all around, like really decorative and stuff. And I was like so excited that I tripped over myself, fell onto the rocks and like very badly injured my knee. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like you know we got bad mini golf stories but that is like my most vivid mini golf memory is that right there so um but yeah <laughs> maybe that's not the best courses but man memorable experiences at the very least yeah 100 percent. those those are definitely memorable experiences that i did not expect but i very much appreciate everything happens on mini golf courses including injuries <laughs> what makes mini golf great every experience like that could be memorable i mean it's good bad whatever it's it's in, it's in the fabric of uh you know youth i think everybody's got something along those lines uh the the flintstones thing is interesting because one of the things you know another kind of thought experiment question for you guys you know obviously there's a lot of ip and stuff out there and you probably can't make all the courses that you'd want to make because you'd get sued by probably disney since they own everything at this point but if <laughs> and maybe it's a bit for for bear but timmy you can chime in if you again unlimited budget things you know weren't in your way is there a particular piece of ip that you would want to one-shot eyes and make into a, a course you know that's a good question uh one that pops up off the top of my head would be like a Lord of the Rings style. Mm. I think there's a lot of thematic stuff you could really bring into that with, you know, the orcs and even like moving bridges and closing gates and the bigger monsters chucking things and everything. I think that would be a really, really cool theme. That would be very cool. Uh, you know, I, I imagine the Helm's Deep course would be like really intense. Um, <laughs> Uh, I would probably, I, I, if, if there were nothing, was nothing holding me back, I'd probably go Super Mario. Ooh, nice. Uh, there's, oh man, I can just picture it, the colors and the mushrooms and everything. It would fit the aesthetic of the courses so well. In our practice with my me and my wife as a couple of putts, we've built and designed stuff. So I'm curious to get a little bit into like the the nerdy details of how like you go about like fabricating the courses. Is it like are you CNC routing them and then even more like the mechanics of it all with the robots, like as much as you can disclose, obviously. <laughs> and you not want to giving away like trade secrets, but like tell us a little bit about like kind of the process of how they work and maybe even a little bit of the background on how you got there. I guess that's a uh, Tim, you can start shaking your head. If I start giving away too many details, <laughs> uh, I would like to think that CNC fabricating uh, is pretty common. So it's pretty mm -hmm. easy to say that we do in fact, CNC out the courses. Uh, we do a lot of pre framework. We, we have all the dimensions that look right, especially for camera perspective. And then we CNC given that, and it's surprising how quick you run out of perspective room at the back of the course, because the camera's mm. actually slightly tilted down. So you have all these ideas of grandeur that you want to build something up in the back. 
And like, even if you look at something like the Stargate, that's pretty mm -hmm. much pushing the boundaries because it starts to get cut off by the timer and everything. Uh, but so different layers of just planning out all your cuts on a CNC. And then uh, it's a lot of simple construction that brings it all together in your simple turf and everything. And we have the, uh, the added benefit that our turf is never outdoors. So hopefully it stands up uh, longer to just seeing a lot of use. Uh, it's doing pretty good so far. And uh, a lot of simple, just like impacting screws and making fanfare. And it's a lot of metal fabrication. And we try and keep things very analog. We find the more moving parts we add to something, the more things that could break. And so if we can just basically machine it down to its simplest moving part, and we can run it with something that makes something move up and down, uh, very analog and simple, that seems to give us our best results. So it's a lot of brainstorming to make it as simple as possible as far as the robotics go. And you'd be impressed what you can do with like, three different you know uh types of motors that you can almost do everything with it's interesting you say that because we years ago i don't know if you're familiar with this course in san francisco called urban putt but it was built by this guy steve fox who had thrown all these parties getting friends together that made their own mini golf courses and he had worked at like popular mechanics and i think pc world as well and we got a tour of their facilities to see how things worked and it was the same thing. It is pretty remarkable how just basic motors that go up, down, left, right can get a lot of work done. And they sometimes exist already in the world and are set up to really take the wear and tear that a mini golf course that I'm sure you found out through trial and error. And then with all the users, like what can happen? How hard, like if someone hits this too hard, like how quick is this thing going to break? And how are we going to adjust this? And I imagine that comes along, but the one thing that, uh, and I don't know if I'm stealing a question from Pat here that, uh, either of you can tackle, but is that what we've been really impressed with, uh, and we've chatted about just kind of offline is that, you know, with there being really two things you can do, change the power and go left and right that we've thought has been really smart is that even within the themed courses that you already have up that you're changing where the scoring goes and all of that. What is your process on that? Give us a little behind the scenes as much as you can without obviously tipping off anybody like, oh, I shouldn't hit it in this too much or I'm going to like blow my opportunity, rack up all the points. Kind of give us a little behind the scenes of that if you can. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I should let Barrett talk about uh, the course, the kind of ongoing course change up stuff. But we, we have spent a lot of time and that was one of the biggest challenges we had was when we started looking at design for this stuff was, uh, especially when no one could see the idea out there. How do you convey to someone like it's a par one course with a whole bunch of different ways to shoot all the time, but you always have to shoot one shot. Uh, and it was such, such a big challenge to kind of think and design that way. And uh, usually what, what we found when we were talking to other people is a lot of the suggestions, well, you know, you just add a loop-de-loop -loop or you do that kind of stuff. So we really had to try to get beyond that and think outside the box in terms of what we could do for different shots and keep it interesting. And we've certainly spent a lot of time with what we do in terms of trying to set different point balances and make it so that you can play different shots and do different time bonuses and use timing to your advantage with different things to try to get the best possible score as you go through. So 
it's been a big thought exercise for us for sure. And, uh, you know, Barrett's done a lot of amazing work there to try to figure out some of those challenges. Yeah. And just to piggyback and add on to that, it's amazing when you think like, it's almost like when you're forced within constraints, it's like NASA's on a tight budget and the amount they do with a tight budget is just mind blowing. So it's almost like when you force yourself into certain constraints, you really show uh, like a lot of your creativity and a lot of it too is it's one thing if you just had a static course, I feel like you'd run out of stuff uh, very quickly, like in 20 or 30 holes, you'd be like, there's only so many loops or side bounces you can do. But the big thing is once you can start introducing any sort of moving mechanics, we even have some ideas we haven't implemented, right? Cause we really want our ideas to go with certain themes. So we haven't even used all of our ideas yet. And it's just, as soon as you introduce uh, movement of objects or barriers or levers, anything. It just, you, there's a lot more that you just start coming up ideas with just when you start thinking in those concepts alone. So I'd like to think that we could come up with a, another few hundred unique uh, style holes and uh, course themes that we can just keep pushing the limits on this. It's funny because people get excited about the change-ups and that kind of stuff too. So we just changed up our carnival course last week, I guess. And uh, it, like one of the change-ups, for example, came from one of our users who saw we have clown shoes at the back of the course and you're shooting it into the clown's mouth or on the whole part way up. And they're like, I just want to shoot it into the clown shoe. I want nothing but to be able to shoot it into the shoe. And we're like, okay, how can we make that happen? And so that, you know, we, we set up a ramp and we figure out a way that we can get it all together. And now you're shooting into a clown shoe and it's fresh and interesting and there's a new challenge, right? So it's been a lot of that kind of stuff. Well, I think that's definitely something that we look at too, because as much as we play a lot of mini golf, very few big mini golf courses have that ability to change stuff up and some of the best ones do, but usually it's, they change one or two holes, maybe a year or they change a pin placement. And here it's like, you know, every couple of weeks you can go in and be like, Oh, that thing didn't spin before. Now I got a different challenge or the right, the point <laughs> values or someplace else. So like being that level of engaging is really, you know, for again, the, the small that community that loves that type of stuff is something that brings us back to the game every single day now for i don't know i'm on 50 something days tom's on what 60 or 70 we're, we're trying to get to 100 here 75 <laughs> and 25 days short Woohoo! <laughs> almost well, and it 100 was, and it was funny the, the way like for us it came about because both of us you know we got all these google alerts set up for mini golf right so eventually one of the articles came across our path and we're like have you seen this thing like it's, it's robots and and you know strangely not the first time i've seen robots playing mini golf but most of the time it's like robotics classes have gone out to courses mm -hmm. they build them they control them out there and we're both looking they say yeah it's like a, and then you know, once you start playing, I was like, oh, I got to tell everybody about this because, you know, and I think maybe you guys have experienced this too. The mobile mini golf market is basically all the same, right? Like it's power mm -hmm. and then, and they just cram as much as possible onto a hole and bonuses. And it's just like, I played the same game for years and years and years, and you guys took a different spin on it. But I'm wondering like how much of kind of your gameplay style may or may not have been influenced by games like that because there is a sense of familiarity even with yours of like it's power and aiming 
Yeah, yeah, certainly some of it. Um, we, we, we looked at a lot of examples out there and one of the big challenges for us was how do you, how do you introduce this whole new world of you're controlling a robot to people? Uh, we, we were shocked from day one at how little people wanted to believe that they could actually control a robot. <laughs> uh, and this was a real thing. Like they thought we were doing like some weird kind of physics simulation or something, but to, to believe it's actually real and someone would give you really control of a robot, someone else in the world to play mini golf is just, it's such a foreign concept to people. Right. So one of the things we did want to do was we wanted to try to use a control scheme that was at least somewhat familiar to people. So there was some level of familiarity there. So we, we did spend a lot of time and put a lot of time and thought into that, but uh, we also wanted to make sure that it felt good to control the robot that we could do it. And it felt responsive all the time. So uh, you know, I think some of the tweaks you see that we have done compared to, you know, the average mobile mini golf game out there or something like that have been uh, to try to make the robotics experience and the real life experience as smooth and seamless as possible. Just uh, speaking on that a bit more, uh, Tim mentioning the kind of like unbelievable thing or people not really understanding it first. I know when I was explaining to people my new job and they're like, wait, what? It's a it's a golf game on your phone. OK, yeah, that's about seen that before i was like no 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 and i had them play it and they were still confused because i feel like we almost did too good of a job with how our props and stuff looked early on they legitimately thought it was made in unity like it was a 3d render like oh, <laughs> so yeah. they're like oh yeah it's a, it's a game i'm like no this is real this isn't a warehouse and uh hence us uh hiring the host uh the people to wave and everything and uh even then, a few people have asked if they're 3D generated. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. It, it's I think I was like the first of our like group of like mini golf nerds was like texting people like, have you seen this thing? This is like so very up north, cold winter pandemic. <laughs> perfect. Because it was just like it's dark, quiet, playing it like six in the morning before walking the dog it's sub-zero and i'm in this quiet room where all of a sudden it makes a sound of whether it goes in or not so it just kind of felt like the perfect the perfect pandemic game to play and at first it's like this is bizarre and then i was like this is kind of genius and we started talking about it on the show and i was just like it's sort of like yeah, it's like either Skynet or like Kraftwerk or something like meets meets mini golf. And I think part of it was because there's so many like different video game app based mini golf and golf games that even the best designs, they get old. Like there was a great app Alphapot that we I tried like a year or two ago. Looks amazing, but like I got through the whole alphabet and I was like, cool, I don't really need to play this again. Like, and no offense to the people that made it, but like... I, you know, I just get kind of bored with like a game where it's the same thing. So I I thought that was like really, really, really clever uh, with it. But a, a really basic question after all of that for me is uh, how many robots are actively going at any time right now? Right now we've got uh, 65, but uh, there's new ones launching all the time. So I know we're going to have another chorus launch here coming up in just a few weeks and that'll add another set of five. And we're hoping to fill out uh, at least 90 in the facility we have right now. Can you give a one word super tease and it can be, to it could be a total live if you want. <laughs> oh, Barrett, I better leave that up to you. I, I won't tease anything. I'd just give it away. <laughs> oh man. I wonder how much I'm allowed to say. Uh, you I can lie too. 
got to keep it like a little shrouded at the very yeah. least. Yeah. We'll just say it's mid. That's it. Not even forward. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I mean, it's a simple one now. You, so you've got 65 robots, which means you've got 65 holes going. What's your favorite hole right now? Uh, I'll start off by saying uh, my favorite hole is Asteroid on Spaced Out. I like the way it looks visually. You even have to go up a bit of uh, a hill at the back, and it's got a scoop shot. I had been wanting to make a scoop shot for a long time, uh, and it just ended up looking really cool. Like there's technically, if you include the asteroids that are magically floating in the air, <laughs> there's seven moving objects in it. So it's a little mind blowing when you first uh, look at it. And uh, it was actually a redesign of uh, a hole that didn't quite work out but maybe that's for later. I'm sure you have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a couple that I really love. I'm a big fan of the ones that are like really satisfying. Like the ball is just a swish into the hole kind of thing. Uh, yeah, Stargate is a really good one where it goes up and it goes all the way down and around. Just really satisfying ball journey there. Um, but uh, I, I got it. For me, just one of the most satisfying ones, and I don't know what it is. It's just like the arc and the flow of it, but on uh, on carnival if you do a slide ride where you have all three of the slides coming down and especially now that we made it really narrow on the middle one if you hit it right up the side and it just goes perfectly in and doesn't even touch the edges of it that is mm. like so satisfying for me yeah those are those are pretty satisfying i uh, the stargate one mentioned earlier is pretty funny because i remember being like i think you can just nail it is nail it like and not like pull short and it'll work every time and man if you get enough speed on it it is like funny watching how far <laughs> it flies past and out sometimes which i like because in a video game it would just say okay this much power and that you know it's not it's just going to stay on this normal course whereas like sometimes you're like whoops that 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 went a little askew do you have a favorite course to couple with that i would just say uh spaced spaced out in general is my favorite course i guess but i'm I'm a big fan of both. I also like uh, uh, Deep Sea. Like that one's a pretty solid one as well. Very thematic. Like it's also a lot of people don't know this, but it's like very darker in lighting, and it's just because it's on the edge of the warehouse, so less light comes past yeah, and shines on the courses. So it just worked out. That was we planned it to be in the back because we knew it was a bit darker. So I just really like that one as well. It's, it's been amazing for us to see now that we put like replays out there in the app. It's been amazing for us to see the shots that people do all the time because we see some of them as we're walking around and stuff like that. But that's, that's one of the things about real physics that you're never going to get with a game is just the actual true life reactions of the balls when weird things happen and then they still go in the hole is absolutely mind blowing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, the, the only time I've gotten the scoop shot on asteroids is because I bounced out of the crater, and it went up and got scooped in, and I was like, all right, I'll take that. Totally by it, design. No. Yeah, it was exactly <laughs> the way I planned on doing it. But I like that you mentioned the Stargate one, too, because the, that ball journey was one of the first ones I was like, I would, I could see that on a mini golf course. 100%. Like, that one hooked me as soon as I saw it. And I, mean, I, I like so many other ones, but that was like an aha moment when I, when you guys had released that one. Yeah, that one, that one is definitely very cool for that. 
one of the other ones that you can just do weird stuff on sometimes i uh on our on sports that just launched a couple weeks ago the final hole with the three basketball hoops that are kind of going up and down back and forth and spinning uh i shot for the one on the right hand side bounced it off the rim and it swished through the other hole (laughs) i have yet to make it in on any of those that course i don't know how I think I've had several rounds where I nailed all four other holes at the max amount of points, and I can't get that one. That one's taken me forever, and I'm just like, what am I doing wrong here? I think it kill you because you're a big basketball guy, too. I know. It totally kills me. It's like my favorite of the sports in there, and then I'm like great at baseball and i couldn't name one the baseball like pat's like how did you get the baseball one it's like i don't know it was like i got it like two times in a row it was super easy and he's like i haven't got it yet so it is fun like exchanging with friends it's like how did you get that they're like oh and that's another good thing about the replays too now you can back up anything i hit that oh sure you did the replays are great for that as well Is there a hockey one coming at some point in the future? Because I'm a huge hockey fan, and obviously there's an expectation being from Canada. Like, maybe it's a whole, maybe it's an entire course, but just, you know, simple yes, no to to give us a little bit of uh, something to look forward to here as the Stanley Cup playoffs start. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a little something to bite on. I know the sports world has really been lacking lately uh, due to COVID. Like, we... We have uh, been in the design process, and hockey has uh, been on the whiteboard a couple times. It's tricky because uh, we'd like to do it maybe not on a turf surface, right? It'd be, but that's something we really got to build up and test for a while and see the ball play and mm. uh, ball tracking too because it's white on white. Uh, and just it would need a lot of testing. And at this point, we're trying to get we got the cues backing up all the time. So kind of right now it's get as many courses out as we can, but it, let's just say it's not completely uh, off the table. I like it. I like there, going there out were, of the box. Yeah. There were, there were some tough cuts on sports actually to take it down to five holes. There was uh, there was a lot of good ideas for different sports courses. It, there had to have been with, with you up in Canada curling one too. That would have that would have went over well yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That like with the design because using a white ball because you have them all across the courses. If you're going to do the true design to that, because I've seen both a curling and hockey themed mini golf course, and they either used a smooth surface, which plays weird, or they used white turf, where again tracking white on white. Uh, that's really interesting. You know, that's one of those things that I didn't really. I guess, fully catch in playing because it's not really thing I thought. So is that a thing? Like the cameras are really tracking that white ball and sort of like moving along with that. Yeah, so we we uh, we have had to learn a lot about uh, seeing through the eyes of a camera and uh, for, for all this stuff, uh, for like Bear's talking about the perspective of the courses and stuff like that. And uh, the way things translate through a camera is just different than the way they look in real life. So we've, we've made a few adjustments for that here and there, but something like the contrast of a white ball on white is it, we've had to put a lot of thought into that kind of stuff too. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely a challenge because we do, we do want people to be able to see everything and to be able to kind of watch everything as it goes along. So it's uh, <laughs> one of the unique challenges we have for sure. 
there any other like announcements or things that are like coming down the pipe either for this or I, I'd seen that in one of the pieces that I read in advance of this that you're working on this sort of collaborative reality style for other games. Are there other things that we should be expecting in the near future? Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about doing other stuff. You know, we're, we're really proud and excited about the tech that we've built here and the things that make like these really fast connections to robots possible from wherever the heck you are, right? Uh, so, so we're super excited about that and the future for, for what that might hold for us. We've certainly talked from the beginning about what kinds of different games or things like that might work. Uh, but uh, we are 100% mini golf right now. So uh, if anything, the next, the next thing on our roadmap is uh, probably more mini golf holes, maybe a second warehouse to do more putting robots. So we're, uh, we're all in on mini golf at the moment. Uh, and we're, we're very happy with that. I should add too. It's, it's, uh, it's something that we've all really come to love a lot. So Barrett. Uh, I don't know if I can speak to the future and what's on the release. I don't think that'd be my place. Uh, but I know that like, uh, for me, I'm excited to design, uh, if we can several hundred more, uh, golf courses. Uh, I have a lot of ideas. I actually have a binder full and if I had more time, I spend most of my time just building them. If I actually took the time to jot down more ideas and brainstorm stuff, I would come up with even more, but I'd probably have at least another 50 to 80 courses that haven't yet been fully realized. So I just feel like there's so much more uh, in the story of mini golf we have left to tell. Like it's just, we can just keep taking this uh, even much further than we have already. Yeah, Barrett, Barrett sells it short. You should see some of the stuff he's designed up. We usually spend most <laughs> of our time like trimming stuff away from Barrett's <laughs> designs because he's got so many just amazing out of this world ideas for stuff. And uh, it, there are there are some amazing things that we would love to do with this forthcoming courses still. Well, we certainly look forward to every new course helping us pass our own time on you know, not wanting to do our real day jobs. <laughs> uh, agreed. And yeah, and thank you for joining us. And Pat and I have like talked about one shot a few times and we're assuming that somehow this is connected to Skynet. So just kind of give us like, a, <laughs> just give us a little bit of a heads up. We want to go in whatever bunker that, uh, that Claire Danes and, uh, that guy that was in Terminator three were in. So, uh, uh, it, just keep it. Just keep us in the loop, and uh, we'll. Until then, we'll uh, we'll keep on playing. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having us. It's a it's a real pleasure. You guys are awesome. Definitely love the work you're doing, and uh, checked out all the websites and stuff that you guys run as well. And it's uh, just such such amazing content. Where it's uh, our pleasure to be on here for sure. Well, thank yeah, you. Absolutely, thank you so much for having us on here. This has been fun. This has been great. Agreed. Awesome. Well. For those of you that are listening to this podcast, you better be following us on social media because we are going to mention some things that were discussed on the show. And if you correctly give us the answers in our DMs, you're going to win some tokens to play some of those courses on One Shot Golf that you can't just play for free every day. So tune into our social media. Make sure you're following One Shot Golf on all the platforms, Twitch, Twitter, uh, probably Inst YouTube, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, which neither of us are on. But then you also have the 
podcast as well on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all the platforms. So tune in and uh, win some fun stuff and keep playing. And we'll be giving away a few things because they've been kind enough to give us them. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So we're jumping back on the podcast. We recorded this on Thursday nights, and today we're at Monday, May 17th. And 24 hours after we recorded this on Friday of last week, One Shot Golf just blew up. And it actually happened to be due to a moment with one of our previous guests. So we thought we'd do a quick catch-up interview with Barrett and Barrett. What happened? Thank you, Tom. Uh, so I guess it was an interesting uh, string of events that led up to this. It wasn't as simple as it might appear, <laughs> like that 15 short second little clip. Uh, there was another TikTok, uh, and it was it had a simple uh, little quote on it that uh, my girlfriend is uh, upset that I'm harassing these people on this golfing game. And so that kind of made a little bump in traffic. Whenever there's a bunch of uh, new users, like an influx of people we can see play for the first time, we like to give them a little wave. And so <clears throat> everyone kind of jumped up on the courses and just started uh, waving at people. And uh, because that TikTok was shooting at the guy, uh, it seemed like we all started becoming uh, targets. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was only half paying attention. Uh, I was looking over at the other hole and uh, I also had my wood cutting machine running in the background. And if I'm listening right, I can tell if it's cutting well or if it's kind of messing up and I got to run off the platform to see to it. So I'm really in my own busy world with other thoughts distracting me. And a random user uh, lined me up as well as he could, 100% accurate. And uh, let's just say a ball to the, to the balls there, right to the boys. <laughs> What's well, funny, uh, Pat and I exchanged some messages and it had a reminiscence back to the Simpsons back in the early years where it was the film festival where the video that won the film festival was Hans Molman getting hit in the groin with a football. <laughs> and so it felt perfect that like the moment that would make it is that. And yeah, that I mean, so you had the CNC router running in the other room. You probably wanted to make sure you're not having bits break and things you Absolutely. Know, spoil board getting just completely mangled and all that <laughs> fun stuff so so how does it feel to be i guess tiktok famous in some way <laughs> uh it's rather interesting uh there's a lot of polarizing comments uh there's people Bad. saying uh he, he deserves it <laughs> i saw that a lot and i'm oh, like no. uh, oh it's you know what though it's all in good humor i think mm -hmm. they're hilarious and uh yeah i don't know it's just uh it's it's hard to uh, put it into words. It still feels very normal around work here, uh, other than now we're crazy busy. So it's like no one even has time to really talk about it. Everyone's heads are down, their software guys are just working away. And uh, the hardware team and I are like, <laughs> we gotta build these courses faster. <laughs> it felt like we were going 110% before, so now we're really pushing. So I guess things feel still pretty normal, but it, it definitely is surreal. Uh, cause it went, uh, I don't know if you did download TikTok to check it out later. Mm -mm. It, uh, went over three and a half million views Whoa. and then it kind of spiraled out of control because some of the other videos just from me being up on the courses that day also went over a million views. And so in total, uh, within 48 hours, uh, my rough calculations give me about another 6 million views total because there was a bunch of videos wow. and those spun off into uh, other videos. Like I've had people send me 
uh, it's just like a zooming in on my face on the course. <laughs> and they say, this is the most bullied man on the internet with a sad face and some really like just sad music playing in the background. So it, <laughs> I find those funny and I'm like, well, if I'm going to become a famous meme, I might as well be the most bullied guy on the internet. Sure. I'll take that. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> yeah, that 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 feels sort of perfect that like the engineer, the guy who's like building things is the guy getting bullied. That's like sort of like the the super like in the most affectionate way, like nerdy guy that's like building these amazing like devices. Of course, someone's beating up on him, but I'm sure there was also a yeah. lot of sympathy and that's cool. So so what did the traffic look like on the site? Because obviously, like Pat and I were exchanging this weekend about the traffic and I was able to sneak in free my free games, but I was just like back and forth, back and forth. Like what did the traffic look like Friday through the weekend compared to like an average day? Uh, so we, uh, we've never had it where every single course is queued to max uh, because we have a mix of free and paid courses. Sometimes we've had a bit of a spike in traffic from a tweet or someone calling out or on the news. And that typically puts our free courses uh, kind of in demand. The paid ones are still a little more quiet and you get some more people playing it. Uh, so while we were here, and it was interesting because uh, the software team was over uh, in the warehouse. So the whole team is there when this started blowing up. So it was like the perfect moment for it to happen. And someone mentioned like, wow, it's getting loud in here. And like, oh, wow, look at a whole bunch more new users. And like, oh, this is really, really ramping up. And then that's when we started breaking our records. We keep internal track of our most active players. So we broke the record, broke it again, and just kept breaking it to the point we doubled the record. And we're like, what is going on? This is wild and out of control. We didn't even know until our community started sharing the TikTok uh, that someone had saved that replay and posted it. And it was going viral. And by the time we found out, uh, it was an overwhelming amount of traffic. And it has not stopped since. Like, I see people on our Discord community that are posting at 1.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning, saying this is it's still busy. So uh, this amount of traffic, we'd really need, like, another entire large set of warehouses, and we'd probably still be maxed. So the traffic is unprecedented. It has completely blown our expectations out of the water. It's an incredible thing to see unfold. Well, congrats. Yeah, I, I saw that. I played this morning at 5.30 and I still had to like try it like a few times to get on. But yeah, but I mean, part of the reason I wanted to bring you on as well was just I think there's been some people that if you are familiar with Discord, it's like an online community and you can go to the one shot channel and there's people offering really great advice there. But I was just going to ask you, like, what advice or tips or suggestions you would ask or you would give to people that are showing up to one shop and it's seeing it so busy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting because like I can't make it less busy and we can't really, we have to put more robots online to alleviate this uh, for a while, but you can still sneak in. Like uh, there's people I know personally that if you just try like people get discouraged if they don't get in the first or second click. Yeah. If you, are watching a course and you see the live viewer count and it drops from, uh, I believe it's from eight to seven. If you click at that moment, you can sneak in and then you can be in the lineup. So you just kind of 
got to be a little more mindful just keeping your eye on your favorite course and uh, you can still sneak in your free plays and for people who are worried about their uh daily play streak uh everyone's like well i can't get in it's it's broken so i lose that we are extending those because we know that there's there will be people that maybe don't have the time to keep clicking and uh, they're worried about losing that so those are all being extended we're looking into that where and we are also really working on optimization if we can get maybe a course to clear even a half a second faster if we can find a way to keep people uh, flowing better so there's no afks or a buildup on a course in the middle then we can throw put through people in a faster fashion and we are just trying to serve as many putts to as many of our players as we can that's awesome i guess the last question i have is are you okay <laughs> so it it did hurt when it happened initially it really caught me uh off guard uh i'm okay now uh i took a timeout after that and i went and sat on the edge of course and my boss was very generous uh he brought me over uh, a mixed uh beverage uh to <laughs> help me through the pain and then everything was better after that i'm lucky i'm kind of in thicker uh work pants if i was in like gym shorts that could have been uh double double the pain i'm sure uh yeah so no everything's everything's good uh everything should be okay <laughs> Well, thank you. I, I'm glad we got we got to get you on right here, right after the moment, and just give a heads up to people that are going on after our podcast airs and are seeing how busy it is, because I imagine the traffic is going to be up for a while, which I think is really great. People are interested. It means that you all are going to have some impetus to like expand the course and keep it going. And you know, there'll be a little delay, but uh, find your little spots. If you're waking up in the middle of the night and have that insomnia, jump on in and uh, and do it up. But uh, yeah, thanks again, uh, Barrett, for jumping on and sharing, and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on again, Tom. I'm glad I could give everyone an update and let them know I'm not uh, still in pain. And uh, we're going to be working hard uh, to get many more courses on. And if anything, May 14th, the show that we really turned a corner on uh, fully pushing forward with us. Not that that wasn't the plan already, but... Uh, we have such an amazing community and want to keep providing mini golf to as many people as we can. We had a blast talking one-shot golf. Hope you go check out the app. But to close the show, we're going to do Big Thoughts Mini Golf. For most mini golf course operators, they got in the business not in an attempt to get rich quick, but because they're passionate or excited about the game. In addition, trying to be a good patron and not break any of the things on the course, consider sharing your appreciation directly with the owner and the staff during your visit. So in this show, we often talk about our love of big, creative mini golf holes, even when it comes to virtual putting, like we talked about on this episode. Let's not forget there's a lot of joy and simplicity when it's done right. Just whacking the ball down a long slope or trying to sneak it over the edge can be just as exciting as watching a whole Rube Goldberg machine on a hole. So enjoy every bit of what mini golf can throw at you in whatever form it does. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready. Skynet's live. Oh no!